Hey, how to buy a homies. It's story time with a real life first time home buyer from Minnesota. We're going to hear from the listener Trenton today who always dreamed of buying a home. And before he ever even moved out on his own, while he was still living with his mom, he decided to take action. He'll tell you the happy ending of his story now that he is a new homeowner. And I'm going to tell you my happy ending of this story is that he found the guidance early when he was still living with mom and he never even had to be a renter. Homie success story time. Let's go. What is happening, everybody? It is your favorite type of episode, the one where I don't talk as much. We've got a first-time homebuyer here. Why don't you introduce yourself to the whole world? Yeah, my name's Trenton Pittman. I live in Minnesota, and yeah, I'm just happy to have found your podcast, David. Awesome, dude. I appreciate it. So give us the whole story. When did you start your whole process of thinking about buying a home? Well, I guess it's always been a dream to own a home since I was a kid. And I guess maybe about a year and a half ago, I really kind of started thinking about it more. I mean, I've been saving up for since I've had a job, just trying to save a little bit of money here and there. And yeah, about a year and a half ago, I was listening to a different podcast, Ryan Sickler, that you have an ad on and he said it and I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. Started from episode one, it kind of jumped around on episodes that I saw that kind of applied to my situation and then didn't take too long after that realized that it was doable oh that's the key it's realizing that it's doable that's the reason why i started it because there are so many people like you that's the reason why i advertise on honeydew with ryan because i'm like people are just chilling i know it's in the back of their mind but they're listening to this dude and cracking up and then all of a sudden my commercial comes on they're like seriously i can do this so that stokes me but understanding that you can do it. That's so cool. And you jumped around on the podcast. That's a really smart thing to do. What were the things? I mean, it's been a while now. I know that. When did you close on the house? We closed in the beginning of May. Cool. Yeah. So then how long a process was it for you just approximately from like, okay, I can do this to May? I would say, honestly, it wasn't too long. I got that idea of like, I could do this, listen to the podcast. I listened to some more just to make sure. And then I reached out to you directly. And actually, you put us in touch with Sean and Jennifer at Done Reality here. And once we met with them, and I think, honestly, with everything that we learned from the podcast and with their help, we got lucky and didn't have to fight with the market as much. So probably six months from when I started realizing that it was doable to sign in the paperwork. Okay. So I'm going to interpret that for the audience. Got lucky means that you followed the guidance from the podcast and you followed your realtor's guidance. Correct. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Well, that's just awesome to hear. And that's what everybody asks about. So even though I know that we prepare as much as we can with the podcast and then working with your unicorns as well, who are just so badass, I love them in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Were there any surprises, things that you were like, oh my God, I didn't know this happened when you bought a house? Yeah, I mean, I guess just with how hot the market was, I mean, I listened to the podcast back in January when it was the urgent go get a home as soon as you can podcast. And then realizing like, 
there's new things to do when there's not that many houses on the market and so many people looking like trying to get appraisal gap coverage, which I really didn't know too much about until we started looking. So it was that thing that really coming up with a little more cash, but then also hearing the episode of like, I don't need 20% down in order to buy the house was so helpful. That's been huge. I mean, both those things. One is like a current thing and that appraisal gap stuff. I mean, it's hysterical. People are like, oh God, I'm glad I have this realtor. Well, I started doing appraisal gap a year ago. Hadn't done one in years. But if you're not doing it every day, you don't know exactly what's going on in the market. That's why I tell people all the time, I'm super stoked that your cousin or your uncle bought five houses, but they didn't buy one in 2021. They've got no clue what it's like to stand in line at Disneyland and put your offer in and try to get accepted or forget accepted, looked at when there are 35 other offers. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, you weren't kidding when you said it was hot and we had plenty of people who were like, you don't need the appraisal gap coverage. I wouldn't even write it in the offer or like people who bought a house a few years ago who just didn't understand what was going on. So it was just, yeah, I mean, even with some appraisal, like we thought some appraisal gap coverage was good and we put it down on an offer. And I mean, like you said, we didn't even get looked at. There was no counter offer. We went 50,000 over asking and did the appraisal gap. And it was still, it was just so, so many people. That's insane. But awesome for me to have on the podcast. Did you hear that, everybody? Go back and listen to the first couple podcasts. I swear to God, I'm not selling anything. I'm here for you. But know that that trusted source who bought a house a year ago has no clue what it's like right now. So thank you, Trenton, for backing me up. And I'm stoked that the 20% thing, because you said you've been thinking about this a long time. You said it was a dream. So that dream becomes a lot closer when you realize you don't have to get 20%, right? Yeah, for sure. It was like once I listened to the podcast and realized that, and then especially the podcast where you kind of went in depth on like how much it would cost for different price houses. And then I realized like what I was looking for was actually attainable. And I had already saved up enough for the down payment and actually was able to have some extra money left over afterwards. I mean, that's what I tell people all the time when you're just doing it on your own, you're driving without a map. And all of a sudden I handed you a map and you're like, holy crap, I have the down payment. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So then, well, this is fantastic and really good advice for everybody. How about being a homeowner? Any advice you want to give people who own a house you've been in for a couple months? Have there been anything that you've gone, oh gosh, make sure you have this or make sure you do that? I guess just be ready for, I mean, it's just, there's always stuff to do. And that's what I realized. Now I'm a homeowner. I have something to do every weekend. So just making sure you have some time, especially in the beginning to Make sure you have time to decorate, especially first time home buyer. You got plenty of furniture to, to go get and furnish the house for everything that you don't have. And then just, I personally, I'm in a trade and I have a lot of friends in trade. So it worked out that any issues that we have, I've been able to have my plumber friend come over and help, or if there's any electrical stuff, I can do it. So it's just stuff like that. Just being ready for even just minor projects do consume a little bit of time. Okay. Well, I mean, without getting crazy into your personal life, what's your trade? An apprentice electrician. Okay, dude, I got to pick your brain. Talk to yeah. us. Talk to everybody. Cause like my good vendors are on speed dial, man. What are the electrical things that a first time buyer, like what's super important and what's no big deal? So I guess the number one thing that I did in every house that I went to is I went to the electrical panel and I looked at, there's a sticker inside the panel that says when it was inspected. And so this house was actually inspected in 2015. It was built in 1930. So everything was redone, which was 
pretty helpful. And then just flipping a switch here and there and making sure everything turns on is that minor stuff that you, you realize afterwards, if you don't know what you're doing, it can cost a lot of money to have somebody come out and fix it. Like we had a fan that wouldn't turn on and we didn't know what the switch was for. I mean, it ended up being a minor fix. It just, they didn't have a remote, but if you had to call somebody to come out, that's going to cost a few hundred dollars to have somebody come out and just tell you, oh, you just need a remote for this. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And pay me and I'm gone. So (laughs) yeah, it's funny. 16 years of this and the things I've learned about electrical with the inspectors and then with my guys, when the guys come out is looking at that panel is important. In Southern California, we have a whole bunch of panels that are like recalled Mm -hmm. and we have fifties houses and like it's a zircon or something like that. It sounds like a guy from Buzz Lightyear. That's all I know. (laughs) But they're like, that one's toast. Right. Uh, The other big thing that we see a lot of out here is open wires or not capped wires in the attic. How big a problem is if the attic wires, because they always tell us it's too close to the insulation. Is that a problem like that you or your company could come out and solve for like a hundred bucks? And or is that something that people should slow people down from buying a house? Well, I mean, I guess it depends where and what kind of wire it is. If it's in the attic and it is close to the insulation, it could just be a minor. Somebody comes out 100, 150 bucks and they cap it or make it a junction box or whatever. And it could be just super inexpensive, but it can be a hazard if you don't get it taken care of. So it's definitely something to, before you get into it, kind of know what the wires are for before you get into something that you're not sure of. Yeah. And what about, because they always tell us when we go do our inspections that some of the wires aren't grounded. How big a deal is that if the outlet's not grounded? Yeah, so a lot of older homes actually have no grounding system in them. And it can be a problem, but I mean, it obviously worked for many, many years. So as long as you're not messing with it too much, it shouldn't be an issue. But if possible, and you are redoing electrical, obviously now it's everything's grounded and there's a grounding system. So it's super helpful and is a lot safer if something does go wrong and you're touching something, having that grounding system is super important. Okay. And how big a deal is that to take like a 50s house and upgrade it to a grounded system? It can be a pretty big deal. It just depends kind of how big the house is. And actually doing a grounding system is basically, it depends on if the wire that's running between each outlet, light, switch, has a grounding conductor inside the box. Otherwise, you're going to have to find a way, whether it's going through the walls or kind of through the basement to get a grounding conductor into the box, whether that's running a whole new piece of Romex. It can cost a lot of money to get that done. And is the cost the electrical or is the cost the getting into the walls and redoing it? The cost, I mean, just the electrical is pretty expensive. And then, you know, a lot of electricians catch some flack because we go in and we get the electrical done but when we leave we don't patch the wall you gotta hire somebody else to come out and patch the wall and make everything look good again so it all told does add up pretty quickly yeah i you know i tell people all the time they're like get the termite done and they're like they didn't paint the thing and i'm like you really want the guy to who's a specialist at getting rid of pests and termites do you also want him to be an expert painter Like, you know, like he put the wood up, you find a good painter to match because the rest of that trim has been faded over 15 years. You can't go buy that exact thing. So, yeah, 
I'm sorry, I'm dorking out. Last electrical question. No worries. Because I sell some older houses out here, mm -hmm. and we've got some 20 houses. And back in the day, one of the garages that we had was 1905, and it was literally built for a horse and carriage. It oh. was skinny and all that. But that's where I discovered way back in 2007, knob and tube wiring. And mm -hmm. so I've seen knob and tube, and then I've seen what I think is the next generation, which is braided wiring. So if you're buying an older house and you do see that type of wiring in the home, should that inspection then, should we immediately be calling an electrician to make sure the rest of the house is okay? Yeah, I most definitely would. The knob and tube is a lot older. Like you said, it's I most definitely would have somebody come out who is a specialist, an electrician or somebody that really knows what's going on to really take a look and make sure that everything is working right or works at all. Well, I'm getting ready to record my second episode I'm doing on inflation right now. So how stoked are you that A, you have a job that as an apprentice, you know that over the next years, you're going to be getting salary increases and B, your payment is fixed, man. Yeah, I'm super stoked. That was a huge thing on why we decided to buy a house. I actually went straight from I was living with my mom to buying a house because I just couldn't justify paying rent, having it go up every year and not getting anything, no equity, nothing out of paying that monthly payment. So that's why we decided to do it. And then knowing before we bought the house, we had everything listed out. We went a little high on the bills just to make sure that we had some extra money. And then with the inflation and everything that's going on right now, we still have a little bit of money left over. And so it's okay. I mean, it's made it a little bit tighter, but I'm really stoked knowing that over the next year, two years, three years, I'm going to be making a lot more. And once I actually get a license, I'll be making over double what I'm making right now. So then I know for sure I'm 100% okay. And the goal is to one day, I mean, this is the first home. This is where we start. We're already excited for the next purchase. So it's the hardest part of the podcast and the education for me. You sound like a guy, you had this idea early. There are some people that just have, it's not in their brain, whether their family never did it or whatever, but that's the hardest thing for me to explain to people. And it's because I screwed up. I was 21 and moved up to Hollywood and was like, I can't buy a house and I never did. But understanding that incremental increase is going to be a part of your life. That makes the fixed part of it even more beautiful because you're like, dude, what if we're still here when I get double my income? Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we got vacations we can take and things that we just we don't have to worry about because I do remember your episode talking about when you were younger. If you can go back and talk to your younger self and tell him like, Oh, just buy a house to save so much money. I was lucky that my mom was went through that. She rented and she understands. So we actually, and another thing I was going to say is your episode talking about going to the bank of mom was super helpful because I thought for sure, like, there's no way she's going to be able to help us out. And I just asked one day and she was more than willing to help us because we needed that appraisal gap coverage, which ended up working out the house that we got appraised at what we offered. So we had, she was willing to then add that to the down payment and we were able oh. to have afterwards. Now, like we knew buying the house, we got to redo the siding. So with that help, now we have no trouble having money to do the siding. See, that's awesome. Such a great story because there are people that don't want to ask mom and dad because they were renters. But mm -hmm. if you guys are cool, they're probably going to go like, I mean, I did it to myself in the episode you were talking about. I look, I would tell my 22 year old self, yeah, dumbass here. This would be yeah. great for you. 
But your parents, they're not always going to be like, no, no, no. They're probably like, hmm, I probably could have taken advantage of some things. So how about my kids do? All we want, you know, as parents is for you guys to flourish. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, I got to get ready. I got my third Thanksgiving episode coming up this year. <laughs> how to beg for money. <laughs> yeah. How to word it. How to say it right. Yes. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Mom, Dad, I've been looking at the fluctuating interest rates and the inflation Boy, over the last hundred years, it's only been 3.5% and suddenly we're at 9.1%. So I really think a fixed monthly income from our largest bill makes a lot more sense than me working with these landlords and they're continuing appreciating rent values. Oh my God. See, all you got to do is learn that once. Can you believe that crap is in my head and I can just do it off the top of my head? Right. Yeah, it works. It works. Excellent. Excellent. Well, as you can tell, I could chat with you forever. You gave wonderful lots of different pieces and because my kids are junior high and high school and they come home and tell me how brilliant their teachers are and i'm like dude i've been saying that to you for 16 years but okay so right. maybe the listeners will listen to trenton and go oh even though i said it a hundred times right yeah <laughs> and thanks for the electrician that, that that was like seriously like i said that's why i could talk to you forever so yeah. awesome dude get back to your house enjoy your day and Congratulations. We're very happy for you. And thank you so much for sharing everything with all the How to Buy homies. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for your help, David. I appreciate it. All right, bud. See ya. See ya. Well, I'm super glad that Trenton listens to comedy podcasts and heard about me. <laughs> That's super cool. He said that they got lucky. But you know what they say about luck? Luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And this dude was prepared. And once he decided to do the research, it wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't scary. And it wasn't too big for them to take on. He said that they heard the urgent podcast that I did early in 2021. I actually did two of them that I called urgent and decided that it was time to act. Understanding that he didn't need 20% down and then getting the inside scoop on how to talk to the bank of mom for just a little bit of extra money to help ensure that they could get just over the top. That's all he needed to hear so he could reach out to me. And then from there, the unicorns took over. And then they had all the expertise and the know-how to make sure that they were getting all the current market information and it teach them all the tricks that help them get their offer accepted in that crazy competitive market. I mean, we're talking the most competitive market in history and they ended up winning the deal. Having a team that you trust and knowing that they understand how the market is changing, that sure makes it a lot easier for you not to have to put so much validation into the very good intentioned advice that you're going to get from everybody out there who's bought a home, your friends, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, all the people who purchased a home. Thanks, friends and family. But you bought your home in 2020. As a matter of fact, it doesn't matter if they bought a home two months ago. It's not the same market today. So congratulations to Trenton. And thank you so much for giving us all that great electrician advice. That was pretty cool. All the homies very much appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing. <gasps> Great segue. Speaking of sharing, please, please, please help me out by sharing the podcast. Trenton's a great story. And thanks to this podcast, he found the unicorn realtor that treated him like a million dollar client, even though it was a starter home and definitely didn't cost a million bucks. But, you know, finding the people, the unicorn team to give him that million dollar service, even though it was just a starter home and not a million bucks, that is the big hook to this podcast. 
Because finding that million-dollar team to give you million-dollar service when they're not going to get paid that million-dollar paycheck, that's key. So as unicorns didn't get rich, but they sure feel good about what they did. And believe me, the podcast isn't getting rich in the wallet helping people like this. I'm getting rich in my heart and my soul. So if you can help me out and share, share, share the podcast, message it to others, well, then we can be in a situation where I can help dozens of Trentons out there and I can keep the lights on and keep bringing you what you need to know to make your dreams happen. Viva la revolution. So thanks so much. Share the podcast. And remember, don't worry, don't fret, and don't be afraid. With the right team and the right planning, you can do this. <laughs>